everybody. Welcome back to the Benedetti Vale podcast. We are bringing you part five of Princess Harmony, the Kingdom of Silence, and the quest for music. I'm in Denver, Colorado right now. The Brothers Comatose are still on tour, and we have a nice morning off here. So I'm hunkered down in a back bedroom at the home of some really wonderful people that are letting us stay here. And we have just enough time, just enough little space to start our story. If you hear some noises in the background, that's some other guys in the band bustling around the house, doing what they need to do this morning. And so here we go. We'll bring you part five from Denver, Colorado. Hope you enjoy. two weeks since our last episode of Princess Harmony and the quest for music. So it's quite possible that you've forgotten some of the things that have been happening. So I am here right now to bring you back up to speed. There is a kingdom called silence. And in this kingdom, there's no such thing as music. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows for how long this has been going on. Nobody knows any music or can remember ever having music. But one young girl, Princess Harmony, has gone out into the forest, and she met Mother Melody, who found a magic map. And now Princess Harmony is adventuring through the old, old forest, following the magic map, and she is finding all of the notes of the great scale, all of the notes that were taken away and locked up and hidden away by the mean old cacophonics. And now... She's looking for note number four of the great scale. She's already found one, two, and three, Do, Re, and Me. And the Cacophonix is not happy about that. And he is sending out his little minions to try and stop her. And so here we come to part five of our story. Princess Harmony, the Kingdom of Silence, and the quest for music. Here we go. Princess Harmony awoke to the warm, delicious smells of the Squirrel Family Kitchen. The Squirrel Family had prepared the most tasty and wonderful of breakfasts for their very honored guests. And, and, while there was joyful chatter around the table as they ate and went over the map, it was a bit subdued, a bit nervous maybe. It could have been the weather, and it was looking a little bit cloudy and gloomy out, or it could have been the noise goblin search party that they had heard the night before. Or maybe it was the map. The map had a number four placed square in the middle of the gray bog swamp. And from what Ruxapold and the squirrels shared, it seemed to Princess Harmony that very few good and nice things would be found in that swamp. Whatever it was, things were a bit more serious and anxious as Princess Harmony and Ruxapold said their thank yous and goodbyes to the very, very wonderful Squirrel family and their cozy home and headed out on their day's adventure. Their path wound them through the tall, towering trees of the old forest, with their ears keen all the while for the sound of noise goblins, of course, until about midday. But time was kind of hard to tell on a cloudy, gloomy day like this. 
when they reached the outskirts of Greybog Swamp. Ruxapold was obviously uncomfortable. Oh, Greybog Swamp, why here of all places, he grumbled. And now, princess, listen close, for there are as many dangers in this swampland as there are feathers on my head. Whatever you do, do not fall in the waters. The great tentacle snakes grow as large as some of the tree trunks, and they are quick to grab at anything that disturbs the water. Princess Harmony was glad that she still had some tangle tree sap for her boots to make sure she wouldn't slip. Ruxapold continued, Also, see that tree over there? The one with the slick, slimy gray bark? And its roots that look like fat, crawling worms? Those are leech trees. Don't get too close to their roots, or they'll wrap you up quicker than you can eat a muffin. Which, because Princess Harmony liked muffins so much, she knew must be very, very quick. There's bugs and creepy crawlers aplenty all over, but most of the really rotten stuff is in or around the water, Ruxapold said. Well, said Princess Harmony, looking at the map, our map seems to lead us pretty well past the pools and the streams. I think we'll be okay. And, she continued, it looks like everywhere that there are pools and streams we have to cross, there are bridges here on the map. Oh, I hope so, princess, said Ruxapold, as they took their first steps towards the thick, mist-filled, dark and droopy world of the Greybog Swamp. They moved very slowly, making sure to follow the map very precisely. They had to count their steps to avoid the sinking Greybogs in certain places, as it was marked on the map, and they had to get down and crawl as silently as they could to stay out of reach of the nests of swooping tree snatchers, just as they were marked on the map. Princess Harmony was glad that she and Mother Melody had packed a rope, for there were many times where the map said that there were bridges, but the bridges were gone. Only ashes and fire-blackened ruins remained to show where they had been, and Princess Harmony, after Rux flew up and tied the rope securely to a branch, would have to swing herself across wide stretches of dangerous swamp water. These bridges were not burned on accident, Princess, Ruxapold said after one such crossing. Surely someone did not want us coming this way. Could that be the Cacophonix? asked Princess Harmony. Well, I'm afraid so. Or at least some of its busy little mischief makers, Ruxapold replied. We'd best be on our guard. Well, that's pretty good news, said Princess Harmony brightly as she drew Raybright, the sword, from her belt. Good news, squawked Ruxapold. Well, sure, Harmony replied. It means we are definitely on the right track. And she smiled big and, following the map, headed on deeper into the Greybog Swamp. Ruxapold couldn't help but smile too as he flapped after her into the cloudy gloom of a dark and gray swampy afternoon. And so it was, without much greater fuss, that our two adventurers stepped between a thick curtain of vines to see a small clearing at the base of a towering leech tree at the edge of a large, swampy lake. Look there, said Princess Harmony. There's a cage hanging there from the branches, and there's something inside, she said as she cautiously approached. It looks like a little mouse, poor thing, and, and look, Rux, it's chained up just like you were. Rux? Rux pulled. Princess Harmony called, but there was no answer. And when Princess Harmony turned around, 
she could see why. Three tall, thin, winged creatures had appeared out of the swampy mist and trees behind her, hunched over, wearing long black cloaks and with great chains wrapped and hanging all about them. One of them had poor Ruxapold clutched tight in its large claws. Princess Harmony couldn't see a face or a nose or a mouth underneath the vulture-shaped hoods of their cloaks, just two cold and mean-looking eyes. The closest one to her spoke in a low, scratchy voice. Drop the sword if you wish us to release your friend. And Princess Harmony dropped the sword. It clattered out of reach to the floor of the clearing. The creatures released Ruxapold, but Princess Harmony could see a fresh chain bound to his leg and leading back to the creature that had held him. We are gloom cloaks, the creature croaked. We sing of gloom, of dark and doom. We bring the chains of steel true to bind forever fast to you. We sing of gloom, of dark and doom, so music shall be trapped anew. And as the gloom cloak chanted, the other creatures joined in. It was a ghastly, terrible, dismal sound, and Princess Harmony could see the chains from their bodies floating towards her, dancing slowly across the small clearing. But she couldn't do anything to stop it. With their terrible song in her ears, she was too gloomy and hopeless to stop the chains that crept ever closer. Raybright the sword lay upon the ground out of reach, and Ruxapold looked so gloomy as to be almost asleep, the fresh chain around his legs swaying with the gloomy song. The other chains were nearly to her ankles, clanking their way towards her as the awful chant continued. And just then, Harmony heard a lovely voice singing a new note in her ear, cutting through the gloom and the noise clearly like a beam of light in the fog. Use me, glass, the reflector, use the mirror. The voice broke the spell, and Princess Harmony grabbed the mirror from her belt. She held me, glass, and as she held it, she could hear the mirror's note in her ears. And so she sang the note. And the note grew strong and sweet, and she could feel the warmth and the power of music vibrating through herself, and the spell, and the mirror. And then, just as though they had hit a wall, striking silver sparks in front of Princess Harmony, the chains turned around and started crawling back, back towards the gloom cloaks. The chain around Rux's ankle, clang, popped right off and started snaking back towards the gloom cloaks along with the others. The dark creatures chanted louder and faster, but with Princess Harmony holding Meeglass the reflector boldly and strongly, humming her note, the chains continued back towards the gloom cloaks. Faster and faster they approached until they wrapped around the tall, cloaked bodies in great steel coils. The gloom cloaks panicked. They stopped chanting and flapped their leathery wings furiously, swatting at the disobedient chains. But it was no use. The chains held them fast, bound by Princess Harmony's reflecting magic. The gloom cloaks grew frantic, hopping and flapping this way and that until they lost track of themselves, lost track of where they were, and stepped too close to the swampy lake, and then sploosh, 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 in they fell. 
There was a swirl in the water. The ripples spread across the lake. And then all was still. The gloom cloaks were gone. Panting with excitement, Princess Harmony stopped singing me and, after giving Miglas a kiss and a thank you, put the mirror back in her belt. Oh, thank you, Princess, said Ruxapold, a frightened and amazed look in his eyes. No one has ever stood up to a gloom cloak before, let alone three, he said. How did you do it? Well, I almost didn't do it, said Princess Harmony. I had help, and I think it came from right here. And she looked at the cage hanging from the leech tree limb. Inside, chained to the bars of the cage, was a small, cute, furry, gray mouse. Thank you, little friend, said the princess, standing on her tiptoes to peer inside the cage. I'm Princess Harmony, and this is Ruxapold. And you must be... I am Falia the Gray, fourth note of the great scale at your service, said a sweet and tiny voice. Falia the Gray, gasped Ruxapold. You're alive! Well, certainly I am, she said. Just a bit trapped in a cage in the swamp, you know. Well, not for long, said Princess Harmony, who had been investigating the cage rather closely. There's a spell written here, and if I'm right, this new symbol is me. Right, Rux? I recognize it from the carvings on the handle of Miglas, the mirror. Yes, girl, very well done. Okay, Falia, Princess Harmony said. Stand back. The spell to open this cage is... Do, re, mi, do, re, mi, mi, rest, rest. Do, re, mi, rest, mi, re, do. Princess Harmony turned to Ruxapold. Ruxapold, could you give me your note? I need to hear it again. She picked up Raybright from the clearing floor and held on to Miglas so that she could hear each of the notes, remember them, and then sing them in the new spell. Here goes, she said. And Princess Harmony did her best to sing the new spell. Do, re, mi, do, re, mi, mi, rest, rest. Do, re, mi, rest, mi, re, do. As the last do was sung, a golden mist swirled around the cage. The chain on Falia's leg fell to the ground, clang, and a side of the cage swung open. Falia sprang out, lightly landing on Harmony's shoulder. She nuzzled the princess's cheek. Thank you, princess. Oh, thank you. Me and my note, Fa, shall ever be at your service. And she squeaked her new note into Princess Harmony's ear. Princess Harmony sang along, feeling the resonation and vibration of the new note, feeling it thrill through her voice and throat and body as the music surged and swelled around her. Ahem, <clears throat> coughed Ruxapold. I'm very sorry to interrupt, but we are still in the middle of Greybog's swamp, and it is nearly sundown. We'll surely be caught in this swamp at night, even if we hurry. You're right, Rux, Princess Harmony said, snapping out of her musical reverie. Do you know anyone here in the swamp we could stay with? She asked, a bit worried now. Oh, I'm afraid not, child, Ruxapold muttered. I do, squeaked Falia, and they're really quite wonderful. Trust me, and don't be afraid. And so saying, she scrambled down the tree, and then all three of them were off, 
chasing the scampering Falia through the swamp and listening closely to her directions and instructions. The sun was just setting a glorious, deep crimson through the cooling mists of the swamp when Falia stopped at the edge of a wide, slow-flowing river and squeaked out her note. Ruxapold and Princess Harmony jumped back in surprise and alarm as two enormous crocodiles scrambled out of the murky water and right onto the banks. Falia turned around. Don't be alarmed. These are my friends, the only ones to keep me company in my long imprisonment in that rotten box. They may look fearsome, but they are as sweet as can be. We are very pleased to meet you, croaked the larger crocodile. The whole swamp knows of your great victory today, fair musician, and we would be honored if you would stay with us tonight. Princess Harmony got a hold of her nerves and stepped forward. That is very kind of you, good crocodile, and we would be honored to stay with you. And so they found themselves crawling through muddy tunnels, following the grunts of the crocodiles and Folia's squeaks until they emerged in a warm, cozy, dry den that already smelled of warm and wonderful cooking. That night, they ate a lovely supper together and became fast friends with the family of crocodiles, who truly were as sweet and kind as could be. After dinner, Princess Harmony, Ruxapold, and Falia made a big nest of blankets and pillows, and in one big cozy ball, they fell sound asleep beside the still warm hearth of the crocodile's den. Outside, somewhere in the old forest, the cacophonics was surely learning that it had been defeated and had failed again. Forest creatures everywhere were whispering excited and hopeful rumors about a great musician in the old forest, and a river troll was munching on some tasty leftover lemon muffins. But in the crocodile's warm den, Princess Harmony with Ruxapold curled under one arm and Falia nestled against her warm cheek, slept the dreamless, cozy sleep that comes with a long day of wonderful adventures. Well, there you go. There's the end of part five of Princess Harmony and the Quest for Music. We hope you enjoyed. Got a little bit dangerous there for a minute, right? So glad that Falia whispered in the princess's ear and she got out the reflector. Phew. I don't mind telling you, I was a little bit worried. But our heroes win again, and now they're sleeping comfortably. We'll bring you the next story in about two weeks, so stay tuned. And in the meantime... Remember to sing all those great notes that you've been learning. You got Do and Ray and Me and Fa. And you start mixing those up, and you've got a million different spells you can cast, I bet. You should try some. So have fun with your music and magic making. Have fun in your own adventures. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. So long. Um,